Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher, and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. And today, we're going to learn about spam calls and venom. Paige will be your researcher today, and I'll be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. How are you? I'm having a really big week. You are. Explain what's happening. Okay, there are two major life events that I am experiencing, one of which the day before we recorded this, I passed my social work license exam. So I am now a licensed master of social work, which makes me an official mental health professional. An official MS paint, if you will. Exactly. I am so proud of you. You did such a good job. You did very well on your exam. Thank you. I did do very well on my exam. Better than the average MS paint. Yeah, it appears to be. And <laughs> I'm, I'm actually a little bit in shock for a lot of reasons. Because oh. Paige, like, I mean, you were there when I went through the phase where I failed pretty much every test I ever took. Yes, you've come such a long way. Like, I'm not someone who's used to just sitting down for an exam and, like, passing no, you you have had a history of not being the best test taker. Right. And so the fact that I did so well on the first try, I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, but to your credit, it, it's been a while since that phase. That's you've true. Kind, you've kind of more figured out what you have to do. That's true. And the other thing that's about to happen is I'm going to be moving again. Oh, God. So... The next time we record will probably be the last time I record in this setting, which means I'm about to be in my third research rebuttal recording location. Did you start off in a different apartment than you are now? Yes, I did. Oh, wow. I didn't even remember that. It was uh, in the midst of extreme COVID. Oh, that will do it. Yep. Okay. Well, intros aside, we're going to talk about spam calls. I cannot wait. And the reason I'm bent down right now is because Bun is demanding attention. I I understand. Yep. No one leans over like that unless they're petting a rabbit. It's true. <laughs> have you gotten any spam calls today? I don't think I have today. Let's see. I'm actually a little surprised. Hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like I got any spam today specifically. Well, there may be a reason for that that we will get into later in this episode. But I did yesterday. Oh, damn it. Um, (laughs) I'm going to start this off by saying uh, this section is very like America slash first world centric. And I apologize. 
this is like very much so a first world issue. But aside, how do spam call companies pick your number up? Well, I think there's a number of different ways. Probably some of the most common are when you sign up for things on the internet. You also silently agree to allow those companies to sell your personal information to these spam companies. Essentially, yeah. There's also like a bunch of other ways to do it. Um, For example, dialing any 800 numbers, applying for credit, contributing to charities, being just a registered voter. Or, yeah, using any service online or just product in general that requires you to provide your phone number. Basically, if you have a phone number and you participate in society, there's like a 99.9% chance your personal data has been bought and sold at some point. Yep. Which is crummy, but, you know, not much you can do about it. Nope. Why do some people get more spam calls than others? Because they sign up for more dodgy things. And, and, um... I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that if you like actually pick up a spam call and like you say something, then it alerts them and everybody else that you're a real human. Yes, that is actually true. Wow. And also uh, some spammers target specific demographics of people. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, baby boomers actually get more spam calls than millennials because there's more spam callers that target like the an older demographic than us do you think spam calls are illegal no uh they actually are oh wow so i pulled this from the fcc site it's called the under truth caller in id act and it uh prohibits anyone from transmitting misleading or inaccurate caller id information with the intent to defraud cause harm or wrongly obtain anything of value And anyone who is illegally spoofing can face penalties of up to $10,000 for each violation. So if any spam call is made with ill intent, it's illegal. Okay. It seems like it would be pretty impossible, though, to track it down. Why do you think it's difficult? Well, because, first of all, a lot of this is being done in other countries. And they're also using programs that, like, like you said, spoof. So they're using real people's phone numbers. And so you can't easily trace where the call is actually coming from. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're not necessarily taking other people's phone numbers, but yeah, they are masking it. That's what spoofing is. It's when the incoming call gets like changed to something you might know, for example, like a local area code. Yeah. And doing that makes it very hard to track. Yeah. And like once in a while, this used to happen more often, but once in a while I'll get a robo call from my own phone number. Yeah. It's so spooky when that happens. Yeah. I, I don't like that, that at all. No, like I have like my number saved as its own contact. Yeah. So one time I just got a call that said it was coming from my number. Yeah. <laughs> Scared the crap out of me. Me too. And yeah, they do come from a few different countries that aren't the U.S., do you want to guess uh, what countries they are? Uh, I guess, like, probably the most popular ones might include India. Okay. China. Okay. And, and Australia. Oh, my God. Am I wrong? Um, India's right. China mm-hmm. and Australia, no, have not heard of that. There are six main countries that we get spam calls from. 
And other than India, it's Costa Rica, Guatemala, Mexico, the Philippines, and the United States. That is quite a spread geographically. Yeah, right? Yeah. And in the U.S., it's mainly Florida and California the spam calls are coming from. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What year did spam calls become, like, way more common? Yeah, it's always been a thing, but, like, I feel like it spiked around, um, what year? We're in 2021. I'm going to say, like, 2018, 2017, sometime around then, I feel like it got out of control. Yeah, it was sometime, like, it was either 2018 or 2019. Okay, yeah. Yeah, in 2017, 2.7% of all calls in the U.S. were spam calls. Oh, my God. But then in 2019, 40% of all calls in the U.S. were spam calls. Jesus. <laughs> that is unacceptable. Yeah. I had no idea. that. I mean, I'm not like super surprised, but like I had no idea the number no, was that high. No, it got so bad in I was getting so many. And then it got even worse in 2020. They jumped 25% from 2019. So it was like two thirds by 2020 what that's why all of these acts got put in wow but the acts don't well never mind keep going okay america's not even like the most like spammed country that's not surprising to me it's the second most spammed country (laughs) do you want to guess the most spammed country as of this year either canada or india it's actually brazil oof I'm yeah. so sorry, Brazil. Me too. Are you guys okay down there? Um, imagine what it's like to be a Brazilian with a phone. Just I can't imagine. all day. I cannot imagine uh, what it would suck. be like to be a Brazilian with a phone. It must suck. Brazil, we love you. We're here <laughs> to support you. And if you want us, Brazil, Brazilian listeners, if you want, um, and this is going to sound really weird, but if you want you can send us your number and we can call you so that way you're getting a phone call from a real live person perhaps we can spoof yeah we can spoof but you'll be talking to a real person who's not trying to scam you or a telemarketer exactly and this goes for all of our listeners if you want a personal phone call from rachel or Paige, send us your numbers (laughs) just don't talk to yourselves please have you ever heard of stir and shake technology or stir and shaken no do you want to take a guess as to what stir and shaken technology is stir and shaken yeah stir slash shaken okay um okay so basically they channel the energy of james bond oh and (laughs) so it's a it's a mystery so it's a method of it's it's a technology method of spoofing okay so that way it's a mystery who the origin is it's actually the exact opposite of what you said whoa what it does is it makes sure you can't spoof illegally that like traces and authenticates like the source of where the phone call is coming from and matches it so you can't spoof so if like a person is doing robocalls or whatever, it makes it so it's way more easy to track and stop. Oh. Yeah. It was made a law that all like call providers in the United States have to implement it. 
-hmm. as of June 30th, 2021. So if you've noticed a dramatic drop in spam calls since then, that's probably why. I have noticed a dramatic drop in spam calls. Like I still get them for sure, but I, I definitely haven't been getting them as much. Yeah, we're only recording this a few days after uh, June 30th. So if you've noticed that, that would be that. And lastly, how can you prevent spam calls? By not giving out your number if you don't have to and not well, picking up spam calls. Well, we've already like like gone over the fact that if you participate in society and have a phone number, you're probably going to get spam calls. There's not really any way to avoid that. I know, but I'm saying like, you can like avoid it a little bit more. Yeah, just, I guess, don't actively try to give out your phone number. And yeah, you know, don't pick up the number if you don't recognize it, unless you absolutely have to. A good tip of advice that I saw in one of the articles that I was reading is like if you have to pick up the phone for whatever reason if it's a number you don't recognize I don't know say maybe you're expecting like a call from a job interview or something I don't know pick it up wait five seconds before you say anything and then start talking because apparently what will happen is if like it's a robocall thing and they don't hear any talking they'll assume it's a deadline and they'll just hang up and leave you alone I've I've heard stuff like that supposedly that's what it is and if it's if it is a real person I mean it might be kind of weird that you didn't say anything for five seconds but they'll probably get over it so it's okay (laughs) and I don't know if this is a thing in other countries but America has the do not call registry and it doesn't help against all spam calls but it helps against some of them I noticed when I put myself on it because of course why not I saw maybe like a 20% drop in the amount of spam calls that I got. And it also stops telemarketers. So that's very helpful. So I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that if you put yourself on the do not call list, it actually just puts you on a list of like, call this person. I saw things about that, but I didn't research it Mm -hmm. because I didn't think it had to do with the episode. All I know is I put myself on it and I've been okay. Mm -hmm. And like, it does stop against like actual legal telemarketers. I freaking hate telemarketers. Me too. I don't hate the people, but I I just hate like the action of picking up and then the super excited person with the script starts talking and I don't want to be rude and hang up on them. So like I wait for them to finish their pitch before I hang up on them and it just takes too much time and they still try to rope me back in. And so like you end up having to be the bad person and hang up and I feel so dirty afterwards. Like I feel like I did someone dirty. (sighs) Well, if you think about it this way, like they know that they're working for a scam and they are actively trying to scam you. And so maybe you don't have to feel as bad about hanging up. Maybe. Maybe it's because, like, I think of myself being on the other line and getting hung up on, and I have a crippling fear of rejection. Uh, Rachel Teichman, LMSW here. You can't practice on me. That's a bad. That is unethical. And now it's time for a word from our sponsors. Do you have a crippling fear of rejection? Do you hate getting robocalls? Then you need the safety phone. 
the safety phone. It only has like three buttons. Call your mom, call 911, and call your best friend. It lacks all the features needed to pick up a robocall or the person you're trying to date who you're afraid might reject you. The only people you can talk to are the people who love you the most. The safety phone. Go talk to your therapist about it. Brought to you by the American Citrus Council. Oof. <laughs> God. Um, okay. Welcome back. Hey. Um, did you get your safety phone? I did, and there's one other thing I can do with it. What is it? I can do rapid fire with it. Thank God. Wow. Rapid fire makes me feel safe. Good. Here's how this is going to work. I'm going to give Rachel one minute to answer as many questions as possible. And if you hear this noise, that means she got it right. And if you hear this noise, that means she got it wrong. Are you ready? This makes me feel unsafe. Well, at least I feel safe. So we got a half covered. Okay, then I'm ready. Name five non-citrus fruits. Strawberry, banana, kiwi, blueberry, blackberry. Are there any joints in the human body that are impossible to crack? Yes. How many Adobe programs are there? 25. What part of the world are pineapples from? Asia. If New Jersey is the garden state, then what is Minnesota? Uh, the leaded water state. How big does an object have to be to be considered a planet? Um, at least 75 oranges wide. Why isn't Pluto considered a planet anymore? It is considered a planet again. Why is some seawater blue and some green? It has to do with light reflection from the algae in the sky. Is algae seaweed? Yes. We're out of time! (laughs) Perfect. <laughs> the connection between that was unbelievable. You can see like where what direction my brain took a walk in. Yeah. There's a lot more seaweed questions after that one. Oh, I'm very excited. Also, I don't isn't Michigan like the state with the leaded water? I think a lot of states have leaded water. Oh, maybe we should do one about that. Oh yeah. Maybe we should tackle social issues in our next episode. <laughs> all of the social issues in one episode every single social issue wow is gonna get taken down in one 40 minute episode god (laughs) um we're gonna talk about venom okay not the spider-man guy yeah like act like biological venom yeah and before we start i feel like i need to ask you one very important question okay what is the difference between poison and venom okay venom comes from an animal and poison can be man-made i'm going to rebut the hell out of you okay venom is when something injects you with a toxin okay poison is when you ingest or touch something and the toxins get on you okay it it drives me insane when people use poison and venom interchangeably because they're not the same thing I think it's I it's because I'm a massive nerd, I know, but it just it drives me absolutely insane. Um this is going to be a fun episode. Yeah, I'm going to 
freaking school you. Okay. Same thing with electrocution. You can't use electrocution when you get like static shock or something. Electrocution is when you literally die from electricity. Yeah, yeah, that one I knew. Yeah, I and I hate when people say, they're like, oh no, I got electrocuted the other day. Like, no, you're still alive. Yeah, that also annoys me. I'm like, I know I am guilty of using electrocution as a word when you don't actually get electrocuted. But in my defense, the English language needs better words for being touched by electricity other than zapped. It doesn't sound good when you're writing fiction or something. What's your favorite electric type Pokemon? My favorite electric type Pokemon is probably Jolteon. Wow. He's a spiky boy. He is a spiky boy. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Can you ingest venom? Well, okay. So the definition is venom is done to you, right? Venom, you get it. Like you get venom is when you're injected with a toxin. Yeah. So, I mean, can you ingest it? Like, yeah I think so like if a venomous animal like stings you in the mouth um you were so close to being right until the very end (laughs) if it stings you in the mouth it's still injecting as long as the venom doesn't get under your skin and into your bloodstream it's kind of okay you shouldn't do it don't drink venom don't like huff venom but it's okay it won't hurt you your stomach acids will kill it or not kill it but you know get rid of it but just don't do it i don't want to be responsible for any venom drinking induced deaths yes and as we know your stomach also cannot digest blood Yes, we had that from our nosebleeds episode. Yes. I can't remember things. I can't. How many species of animals have venom? It's a a lot. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Are we including plants? No, animals. Okay. Um, And are we including like each of the individual subspecies or just like the overall like? The whole shebang, every subspecies included. Okay. Um easily 10,000. It is easily 10,000. In fact, it's 173,000. Wow. Most of which aren't strong enough to kill humans, so it's fine, whatever. There are a few that can, but you just have to be careful. What's the most venomous animal in the world? Ooh, um, is it a type of snake? It is a type of snake. Okay. Is it a copperhead? is not a copperhead comparatively they're actually not that bad oh wow um still hurt is it some kind of rattlesnake i don't know if it's a rattlesnake specifically um okay what is it it is the inland taipan it lives in the australian outback of course yeah i was gonna i was going to make a joke about australia but i didn't want to come off as hateful but i was right no, yeah, this is an Australian one. <laughs> a bite's worth of venom is potent enough to kill a hundred people. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, they're nocturnal. They don't usually live around humans. They live in like the less populated area of Australia, you know, like the middle. The middle. 
the, the middle where it's unbearably hot the middle of australia and they'll like do their darndest to stay away from humans so you'll probably be okay mm. just have to worry about all the, all the other dangerous animals in australia right like schnabel tears well if you're gonna use german it's schnabel oh i'm sorry speaking of schnabel yeah uh what are some mammals that are venomous I don't think schnabeltieren are mammals, are they? No, they are. I mean, they're marsupials, but marsupials a subclassification of mammals. But aren't well, aren't schnabeltieren like a hybrid? They're not. No, for anyone that doesn't know, schnabeltieren is platypus in German. Um, no, like marsupials are mammals. Okay, it's, it's like a square rectangle thing. Okay, so can you remind? Can you repeat the question? What mammals are venomous? Okay. Um, so, uh, oh, mammals. What mammals are venomous? Yes. Um, let's see. What mammals? Platypus. Uh-huh. Any others? Um, yeah. Can you think of any? No. Oh, that's a shame. Um, yeah, for those who don't know, platypuses have venomous spurs on their little flippy parts that they can use to, like, stab people. Wow. And apparently it really hurts. It won't kill you, but it really hurts. Some other venomous mammals are vampire bats, slow lorises, some species of shrew, and yeah, those guys can all produce venom, be it spur or bite. Wow. Yeah. Can a person be immune to venom? Yes. Um, yeah. You can't, you can't like be born with it. Like it's Maybelline, you know? I was about to ask, yeah. No, you can't, but you can kind of make your body immune to it over time. See, what's the it's a weird word. It's, it makes it's sense. First, no, yeah. It's called mithridatism. And okay. it's the act of inducing toxic compounds to your body in small doses to help like develop an immunity. Wow. It's more common with poison than venom. Like there's a long history of people like making themselves immune to poison. And it's usually like kings and queens and stuff, so they can't have their food poisons and be killed. <laughs> Which honestly kind of smart, if you ask me. Yeah, I, ca- I like to call it the Romeo, the, the reverse Romeo and Juliet technique. Oh, I didn't know you had a term for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you practiced the reverse Romeo and Juliet technique? Um, I don't think so. It's like lifting weights, you know, like you get better at it over time. You know, you huff a little bit of poison, you get better at it. And then you, you're like snuffing whole gallons of it. I guess I've done it a little bit with alcohol then, right? Because every time you yeah. drink it, you like, you build a little bit of tolerance. Yeah. And, and alcohol is poison. Same principle. Yeah. But yeah, you can do it with venom. You can inject yourself with a little bit of it at a time and you slowly build a tolerance to it. People who handle venomous snakes do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So God forbid they accidentally get bit. They'll be okay. I have a question. Yes. Um, I don't know if you had this experience, but I had this experience. Did you, like, as a kid, like, 
randomly you would be subjected to those enormous albino snakes where like they'd be like this is the rarest thing in the world because it's albino but they would be like really really big and like so big that you would have like a whole class of school children like hold up the snake I had this happen on like sev- <laughs> I had this happen on several different occasions and like recently I saw a Facebook meme about this too so I'm not alone where like randomly like somebody would bring in like a nature person and they would break out this gigantic snake and it would always be albino because the ones that are not albino you know can survive in the wild and so these are the ones that are in captivity and they would be like these are so rare and then they would have and it would be so big and so long that like a whole class of kids could hold it up and usually like somebody would take a picture um where do I begin with this like I had the I'm pretty sure this happened in Girl Scouts this definitely happened during school at least a couple times like I think it happened at Frost Valley Frost Valley's field trip we went on in middle school yeah and I don't know. I've just had this happen on like several occasions. I mean, yeah, I've been part of the group that's like held the snake before. Yeah. But people are memeing about that. That's so specific. (laughs) When I saw the (laughs) meme, I was like, I'm so happy to know that I'm not alone in this experience of like randomly being part of a, of like a nature show and like having to hold up a giant albino snake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we went to the same elementary school. So obviously I also experienced this. We were also part of the same Girl Scout troop for a while. So again, I've obviously experienced this I guess it just didn't make as big of an impact on me than you because like I never really cared about it that much. I was like, oh, cool snake. And I would hold it and be happy. Well, yeah. Okay. I, I Googled it. It's it's an albino Burmese python. Is that was specifically what we were handling? Yes. Yes. Every time it was always an albino Burmese python and the nature person would be like, this is the rarest snake you'll ever see. But then every single time there was a similar nature show, there would always be an albino, an albino Burmese python. And I too was also like, oh, cool snake. I'm happy to hold it. But like after the first couple times, I was like, this is kind of weird that this keeps happening. Maybe it was like the same company with the same Burmese python. Also, Burmese pythons aren't even that rare. No, but the fact that it's albino makes it super rare, I guess. I mean, maybe. There are way more rare albino snakes than the Burmese python. Like, they're a scourge in Florida right now. Maybe they weren't, like, when we were kids, but they're in there. They're fucking shit up. Apparently, according to Newsweek.com, the Burmese python is well known to be highly invasive, particularly in Florida. Yeah, it's a thing. People take them in as pets and then they're like, oh my God, I can't take care of this. And then they release it into the wild and they eat everyone's cats. I'm so sorry if you hear the ice cream truck. It's a delight to hear the ice cream. It is a delight to hear the ice cream truck. But no, it's a thing. Burmese pythons ain't even all that. I want to see a king coral snake. Yes, they're venomous, but I still want to see one. Maybe it can be albino, but the big thing about king coral snakes is they have a really nice pattern on them. I want to see it. Albino kind of ruins it. Sure, I'll look at one. I'll be like, yeah, it's cool. And I'm sorry you can't survive in the wild, sir, but you ain't even all that. I feel you. (laughs) Anyway. I like a snake. I've always wanted a pet snake. 
I don't think I have like the guts to take care of a snake, you know? The reason I won't get one is because I don't want to do the feedings. That's why I can't either. Yeah. It's like, I can't feed another thing to a thing. Yeah, like with my turtle, I fed him like freeze-dried crickets and shrimp. Oh, that's different. That I could handle. I just wouldn't touch the crickets. But like with a snake, like... You have I, to feed it something that could potentially just be a pet in and of itself. Right. And like you're supposed to give snake, like snakes that eat like mice, for example, you're supposed to buy them already dead, I think. Yeah. Um, but still, I just, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to feed bugs. And that's why I don't have a snake. Well, I could handle bugs, but I don't want to feed it mice because mice are kind of cute. Yeah, PSA, like, if you have a snake, don't do live mice. I think that draw that starts to become inhumane at that point. Well, not just that, I forget the exact reason, but it can be harmful for the snake. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. If snakes could live off of, like, berries or something, I would totally get a snake. Oh, but totally, sad- me too. But sadly, they don't, so yeah. I can't. <laughs> ah, maybe, like, maybe if you have, like, a snake small enough, mm-hmm. like, like a little itty-bitty boy, Maybe it could eat like bugs or something. I could totally feed a snake bugs. I'm okay with that. I'll even feed it live bugs if it has to. Yeah, I recall this one pet shop in Myrtle Beach where I used to live, where like you would walk in and there was this enormous selection of bugs that were kept in enclosures and you could like buy them to feed to your animal. Oh, like live? Oh, yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. I could feed a snake like an egg. I think I could do I could live with that I could do an egg it would just like swallow the egg whole I could yeah and I I think it would be hilarious (laughs) like and like quail eggs or something yeah yeah I could do that that would get pretty expensive though like depending on how often you have to feed the snake what if you could like well what like for quail eggs yeah but maybe you could do like like crack open chicken egg you know fry it give it a little salt and cut it up and feed it to your snake I yeah I mean if that is healthy and acceptable I don't see why not but I have absolutely no idea if that is healthy or acceptable I guess we're gonna have to do a snake episode I guess so (laughs) (laughs) oh god what what question were we even on I have no idea oh what are some positive uses of venom positive uses of venom um um you can become spider-man um i suppose that's one way to look at it yeah other things you can do you can like take some venom and you can make it into an anti-venom so like if someone gets bit by the thing you can give them the anti-venom so they don't die from the thing Mm -hmm. um there's also certain proteins and certain venoms that can be used to combat human diseases So, for example, a lot of different snake venoms contain proteins that help combat arthritis and something called thrombosis, which I didn't take the time to look up, and I'm sorry, and certain types of cancer. There's a lizard called the Gila monster that has venom that can be used to treat type 2 diabetes. And fire ants, their venom can actually be used to treat not only cancer, but psoriasis of all things. Wow. Yeah, impressive, right? My major takeaway from all this is go get vaccinated. Yeah. How do you think you get the venom out of the animal 
to use in all of these wonderful different ways. You have to trick them into attacking. So like you could have them like bite down onto a collection device of sorts. Essentially, the term for it is called milking. Wow. <laughs> Let me go milk my snake. <laughs> this I literally there's a Wikipedia page for milking. It's like, oh, this is how you milk a cow. You grab the teeth this way and then you pull down and that makes milk. Oh, and also you can do it to scorpions. I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> I learned how to milk a cow at Dutch Wonderland as a little kid because they have this giant fake cow and they stuff the udders with water and there's a bucket underneath and you can milk it. (laughs) Dutch Wonderland is an amusement park in Amish country, Pennsylvania. And the whole theme park is Amish themed. And... And I don't know if it's still there, but when I was there as a kid, there is this life-size like plastic or metal cow. Okay. Can explain to me the process again. <laughs> you there's a little like kid size milking stool. Okay. And you sit on the milking stool and you <laughs> grab the udder, like like a real udder. Okay. And you milk it and water comes out into the bucket. <laughs> Do you get to drink the water? I wouldn't. It's probably not very clean. <laughs> so weird. Only in Amish country, honestly, or like only in Pennsylvania. Let's be honest here. Pennsylvania is like so underratedly strange. And like as a little kid, like it wasn't until pretty recently that I realized how weird that is. No, I mean as a kid, that's probably the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, of course. As of course, when you're a kid, you want to learn how to milk a cow, and like there it is, like. <laughs> Like, definitely, my brother and I, like, definitely spent a good amount of time every time we went, like, milking that You went that multiple cow. times? Yeah, we went to, yeah, we went to Dutch Wonderland a couple, like, a few years in a row. Oh, my God, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> this is so weird and specific. Um, well, your milking story certainly beats mine. <laughs> I was gonna say... I saw a video one time of a scorpion being milked. Wow. And what they do is like they take this little vial mm-hmm. and then they like grab like the stingy part like with some tweezers and they stick it in the vial. And then like they just they take this metal rod, I think, that like has a little electric current in it, and they just like caress the tail, like the rest of the tail of the scorpion until it shoots its goo. <laughs> I wonder, like, I really want to <laughs> empathize with a scorpion right now. And, like, I really want to understand how that feels. I really want to know if it did, derives pleasure from it. Yeah. I, I it makes it shoot its goo. Yeah, I have a lot of questions about it. I do, too. But, yeah, that's how you milk a scorpion. Now, last question. Uh-huh. So milking venom is actually a very lucrative business. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. What's the most expensive venom and how much does it cost per gallon? Oh, that's a very fun question. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, does it come from a type of snake? It actually comes from a scorpion. I was going to ask, that was my next question, if it came from a scorpion. Okay. So it comes from the... um, Mr. King Scorpions. Okay. It sounds like a fast food chain. It does. <laughs> and they are solid gold scorpions, but still organic. Oh. Well, I guess gold itself is organic. Are they fair trade? 
not necessarily okay and per you said per gallon yes okay per gallon it costs um twenty five thousand usd okay i like it yeah and part of the reason why this is going to be so expensive is because scorpions shoot so little goo yeah well yeah they're they're a little animal yeah they're little boys so it takes a while to fill up the milk gallon you know yeah (laughs) it's from a scorpion called the death stalker oh and it costs hold on to your high anxiety hat 39 million dollars per gallon jesus what is the market for this why is this even a thing why is there a value because it can be used in in medicine okay like for what i believe and i don't know if this is entirely true because i didn't do research specifically on this but i have seen things about death stalker scorpions in the past Mm -hmm. the venom can be used in like surgery to remove tumors to clearly light up the outlines of the tumors so doctors can get the entire thing instead of accidentally missing stuff oh that's so it's for pretty wholesome. Sa- it's for life-saving surgery. But how much do they need to use? I don't exactly know. I mean, even then, like a single like milliliter. It's going to cost a few thousand dollars. Yeah, I would think so. Not only is it the most expensive venom in the world, it's the most expensive liquid in the world. Interesting. Yeah. So if you have a pet Deathstalker scorpion, maybe let it masturbate a little bit and let it shoot its goo maybe you can make a few thousand bucks yeah well that's all i got uh okay well thank you for listening to this episode of research rebuttal podcast you can find us on social media on twitter at research rebut and on facebook and instagram at research rebuttal podcast you can email us topic suggestions at research rebuttal podcast at gmail.com and you can also email the American Citrus Council at American Citrus Council at gmail.com to give them a piece of your mind. And I would like to give a special shout out to Bob Johnson for emailing us. Our first emailer. Yeah. Um, and we, we love you and we appreciate you, Bob Johnson, as well as uh, Leroy Poop and yogurt patches whoever sent that lovely wings story about the chicken wings and the hot sauce thank you but please i beg of you make your paragraphs shorter yes please run on sentences or something we learned about in fourth grade dear yeah neither of us could get through that whole paragraph and we would really like to so yogurt patches uh yogurt patches zero five at gmail.com please resend us that email in a format that is more readable i'm sure they'll get back to us in a few weeks when they catch up on the episode i'm sure they will too (laughs) and um i think that's it right are we forgetting anything um we forgot to bash american citrus council well i mean yeah like american citrus council i don't know what your problem is pluto is at least seven oranges wide And the fact that that fact exists and you are not giving us a sponsorship is out of this world. I would go as far to say that it's criminal. You're as criminal as the people doing these spam calls. Ooh, that hurts. Anyway, thanks for listening. See you later. Bye. 
You said you were ready. I forgot to plug in my mic. You are a bitch. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.